Hiya and welcome to the Northern Girls Club podcast, conversations from the clubhouse. I am Lauren. Hiya, nice to hear from you and nice to see you. No, we need to start that again. Completely went tits up, don't know what I'm talking about. I need to yawn also, so it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Hiya and welcome to Northern Girls Club podcast, conversations from the clubhouse. We are here with another amazing episode, another cracking down to earth Northern woman. We can't wait to get into this one. Sasha's got your formal bio as usual because we believe all of these fantastic guests deserve a fancy introduction. So who have we got today, Sasha? So today we've got Lisa. So Lisa was born in Burnley and now lives in Loveclough, which is about a mile just outside of Burnley. She has two business businesses based in Burnley, Cube HR a HR outsourcing company that provide HR support for businesses that aren't large enough to have their own in-house HR team. And also HR X people, HR software to store employee data and documents and manage holidays and absence. So Lisa lives with a husband, her eight-year-old daughter and 10-year-old boxer dog. She loves fast cars, traveling and the killers. And she started Cube HR five years ago by accident. And this podcast is going to explore how this happened, what motivates her and what's next. Oh, Lisa, what an incredible. I like what I'm hearing on it. She likes a dating problem. I like music dish. Yes, we want a match. What is it, swipe right or left now? I don't know. Oh, I'm prolific on Tinder and I can't even remember. Swipe, swipe. Swipe left. Right. We swipe left. We swipe left. Yeah. For you. Oh, swipe left for you. <laughs> Firstly, thank you so much for coming You're on welcome. our it's podcast. A this is so exciting because we are trying to tap into the networks and the talent and the potential that we know other northern women have that we don't think are being brought to the surface. So in true northern style, we want to know a little bit about where you grew up and where you're from. So can you tell us a little bit about, about that? Yeah, of course. Um, I was born at Burnley General, just around the corner. Uh, lived in Nelson for 21 years of my life uh, with my parents. Uh, had a very happy childhood from a, a loving you know, loving family and everything. Um, and then I went to school in Cornwall, went to feel I was a fisher moron. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then I moved to Burnley. So you've been a Lancashire girl through and through? Been a, yeah, well, I went travelling for three years. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Australia, uh, New Zealand, Southeast Asia for three yeah. years. But yeah, visas and money ran out, so I came back to good old Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> Something brought you home and it yes. was when the visa expired. Yeah. <laughs> and it's somewhere that you've consciously chosen to stay, you know, now that you are established, now that you've got a family, you've like, actively chosen to stay around here. Yeah, I've always loved Burnley. Uh, my dad uh, was born and bred in, uh, in Burnley and he went and did his national service and went went all over the world and something brought him back to Burnley I feel like I have that same mm. magnet mm. you're like that we talk about that a lot and again that's another common thread that occurs with all the guests that we've had there's something about it and I think a lot of people in our position will go they'll try different places because you feel like you should and you feel like you know you need to live in a city be successful but there's something about Burnley I don't know what it is but it pulls you back all the mm. time can't put your finger on it I mean no. we're not named like one of the friendliest places to live in the UK I mean that goes without saying it we were all well friendly yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, there is just this unknown magnet that yeah. draws I saw us back. 
I could give you a million examples of that, like even tonight. So I was coming in at the bottom of the stairs here. So where we're recording the podcast right now, we're on the third floor of a really busy building. Um, and I was right down at the bottom of the stairs. I had bags, kids, literally everything. And this late, little old lady just caught my eye. I'll get the door for you, love. Oh. But I know that's just such a small example of what we're trying to hint at there. Yeah, but you yeah. get that, don't you? Yeah. You just get that little sense of community. Yeah, it's part where, of our culture. Yeah. yeah, it's massive. So I think, but I guess, especially in business, to tap into that, you get that sort of gets lost in big cities, I assume. And so it's nice to know that that's what's happening and people yeah, are choosing People don't even say. look at you, do they? Everyone's looking mm -hmm. at the floor, looking at the phones. You're on the tube and everyone's on the phones and nobody says, Aya, where is here? Like, I literally went for a walk this morning and had about 20. I, Aya, morning. Yeah, yeah everyone knows so, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you went to school here, mm -hmm. local school. How was that? How was your journey through school? Was secondary school fun for you or was it not so fun for you? Not so fun. Uh, well, no, it was all right. I'm, I'm, I'm dissing it really, but it, it was like, um, uh, and primary school as well. So last couple of years at primary school, I went to primary school in Nelson uh, and then on to, on to Fishermore. But it was a, a massive culture shock for me um, because we weren't well off um, when I was growing up. Um, I, I wouldn't change it for the world because like I said, I had a really loving, loving household. Um, but I, you know, all the other kids had the, the cool trainers. And um, one of the things that massively sticks out in my mind, do you remember the Reebok pump trainers? Yeah. You might be a bit too young, but they had like the pump up tong. Yeah, no, no. Every, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. had them, yeah. right? I didn't have them. Yeah. I had like the that, six quid trainers mm. that you got off Nelson Market. That feeling as a kid mm. though, that feeling sticks with you, doesn't it? When everybody's it got something that yeah, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to pretend I were poor on non-uniform day because oh. I didn't want to wear my own clothes oh, because wow. people called me a scrubber. Yeah. Um, I went through phases of being on free school meals because my mum and dad were in and out of work, couldn't get a job for trying. They both, mum was like a typist, dad was always manual labour, my dad was really dyslexic. Um, and so yeah, they were in and out of work. So free school meals. And back then you had to hand in this massive pink ticket to get your free school meals. So everyone knew, everyone knew. you were on free school meals. So you got called a scrubber for that. You can't even afford, can't even afford your own school meals. Kids you know? are ruthless, aren't they? So yeah, so it, it sticks out in mind a lot. And it's for a lot of years, it was a motivator for me that like, I never want my daughter to feel like no. I was made to feel at school. Um, so money was a massive driver for me for a long time. And I was going to say, you must have internalised that vulnerability as a kid because everybody remembers, you know, whether it's an, an example like that or an example where, you know, we probably have similar stories. Where I mean, we, we were only talking about yesterday, actually, school shoes, mm. because I, it's things like that at school that are so iconic. And we were having a conversation about the kind of shoes that people wore when we were at school. And I still remember that. I remember it. Yeah, and yeah. you had, it was about a choice of three shoes. One was Nicholas Deacons. One was a pair of Rockports. Yeah. And it's so cutthroat that as a kid, if you did not have one of those pair of shoes, that was it. Your life was hell. Yeah, and yeah. it was. Yeah, because it's funny as it, how you define your identity yeah. growing up and being that age. You just want to fit in, don't you? Yeah. That's all you want to do. You just want to fit in. And 13 if you year old got a paper round so I could earn money, so I could buy stuff so that I didn't get called a scrubber and mm. I guess anyone who's successful you sort of hear these tales don't you of where they were made to feel that vulnerable or they were you know they mm. were from families who struggled with income for various different reasons or whatever but what you never really hear them saying is you know what that was so sh it was it so was. hard it was super 
Yeah, mm, I bet yeah. it was. Imagine like you know, I love fast rides. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like try, you're trying to say that you're poorly when it's the day to go to Alton Towers because you don't want people to pick on you for your clothes. Mm, so yeah. like you really want to go because you want to mm. go on all these rides because we couldn't afford to go Alton Towers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then school's going, and then mm. you're like, nah, I don't want to go because yeah, I'll just get picked on all day. Do you, oh, that's so that makes it's heartbreaking, and I think <laughs> as well what people sometimes take for granted is there are so many kids now that are living what you're saying. Mm. And I think because it's more um, under the surface, we have loads of kids at our school that are on free school meals. I mean, to put this into perspective for you, the national percentage is around 12%. Our school is over 50. Mm. Um, So I think the reality of the kids that are living in that situation in Burnley, and it's a funny one because it's such a town of opposites. It's so deprived in places and people are massively struggling, but it's so successful. And people use those experiences and build on that and turn it into a success. And for, for people to hear how you've done that, I think is going to yeah. be massively inspirational because it's it's still really prevalent. Mm-hmm. Now, and even now, it's a lot more subtle in terms of its systems though, isn't it now? Like obviously Lisa was just talking about the pink ticket there. That's not the case mm-hmm. anymore. So students that are on free school meals or who are in receipt of what's called pupil premium funding. So schools who have higher percents of kids who are from disadvantaged backgrounds get more funding for them. That's all very hush hush and hidden it's all, now. Yeah, it's all in the background. Nobody would ever know. No. So it's all like, but then as, as much as that's good for the kid, obviously saving face and, and respect and confidence and self-esteem. It's still there. That issue is yeah. still there. It's yeah. still staring us and in just the face. Because it's not it's gone hidden away. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No. And it does. So it's just something to, it's just interesting yeah. to touch base on that. But I guess something that's definitely that you've internalised and thought mm. never again. It was a motivation for a long time. You know, I was always like, you know, I wanted to to do well, get a good job, have a career so I could earn loads of money. Mm. And then, you know, if I ever did go on to have a family, which I've been lucky enough to have a little girl, um, she'll never have to feel like that, you know. Um, but then also I don't want to hand everything to her on a mm. on a plate. That must she, be hard. That that's balance. a fine balance, isn't it? It is a fine balance, but she's got like where she's had money and stuff for birthdays now. I'll give you a really good example. We were in Asda yesterday or the day before, needing pack of t-shirts for school or whatever. Yeah. So she goes up to the Claire's accessories bit. Oh, like, mummy, can I have this bright shiny thing that's 12 quid? Yeah, get it. I get it and, completely. And I'm like, right, how much is it 12 pounds? I said, yeah, you can get it. But when we get home, you're giving me 12 pound of your money. Oh, no, I don't want it then. Mm. So I've started doing it. She's eight and mm. I've been doing that with her for a couple of years now. Mm. Me and her dad try mm. to be like that because it would be so easy for us to just say, yeah, you can mm. have it, yeah, you can have it, yeah, you can have it. That's it. And, and, and then therefore you're instilling that money is numerical and it costs things. It's not yeah, just this yeah, abstract yeah, yeah. concept. Yeah. Like I've got a three-year-old girl and even now she wants to tap the card on the machine. Mm. So she's already learned that, that that's a transaction, but she's never sees money going yeah. to, you know, and you just think, wow, like, to not actually learn that, no, that that's money going out of a bank account somewhere. I guess that's something that we're going to have to tackle. And obviously, yeah. you know, you're starting to do now. So that's... I'm trying, yeah. We're all trying our best, aren't we? So school was a bit of a mixed time. Where did Mm -hmm. you go on from there? So you left secondary school to do what? So I actually signed up for my A-levels. But then, again, still being motivated by money, I then decided to do an apprenticeship because I could get paid and mm. study at the same time. Gosh, that's quite niche, isn't it? Especially because uh, like back then, I guess like, I'm saying back then, like you're really old, but like there was <laughs> like, a recent thing. All the apprenticeships have only really started to boom like in the past 10 years. So I, my recollection of it is that they were quite big when I left school, okay. sort of like late nineties. And then they died a death. Mm. And, and then they started yeah, to come really back again. Now. Um, 
so yeah, so I went and did uh, did an apprenticeship in business admin for, for two years. Then I went on to do a HNC. I don't even think they exist anymore. Uh, and then I uh, got taken ill, kept passing out. My heart started to, oh uh, my to to do weird things. And I ended up having to go and have my heart operated on when I was 21. Oh my it's not gosh. 21 year olds. I was there with all the like, 80 year olds on this ward and there's so me. <laughs> how did this come up? So you went, you were in doing your apprenticeship and you just started feeling poorly? It was like, or? After I'd done all that, I'd started working work then so I had a job in Nelson at a, a company that cut form up to make settees a really random random job riveting I know it was riveting very riveting well, we, again though another yeah. current, like talking about thread. we're talking jobs. about like those you've got to go yeah, through them. yeah 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 I mean yeah I went there money it paid more money than I had a receptionist Absolutely. job yeah. for my uh, apprenticeship. And there's and no then, shame in that. I no, got a job because it paid me it better paid money. more money, yeah. yeah. But I, it ended up working out really well because I ended up helping them uh, through all their investors in people stuff, which is all about people focus, which is where I really started getting my flair for, for what I for what I do now. Um, but yeah, I was just sat at home one night watching TV and uh, my uh, husband, uh, well, he was my boyfriend back then, <laughs> uh, was getting ready to go out and I passed out. Oh like, and he came down like, what are you doing on the floor? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, anyway, we didn't think out of it. Just it thought really it was frightened. one of those things. Yeah. yeah. And then it uh, it kept happening. And then I'd just be sat at work and I'd be say, I'd say to, the, I'd shared an office with a lovely lady called Jummy and I'd be like, Jummy, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And she'd be like, what, what? Quick, get the first aid to drive at hospital. They'd get me on the heart machines. And yeah, I just had this really weird, irregular heartbeat. So it'd be really quickly and then stop oh my god uh, so I'd pass out uh yeah in and out of hospital for a while and then I saw this amazing specialist who just said we can keep trying you with all these drugs or we can just operate and I would like to say I was only 21 so I don't want to be on drugs mm. forever so they operated and touch wood I've, uh, yeah, I've been no. absolutely fine since but again so you've 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 got that drive for the money and you've also had a medical episode mm. that's all internalized as well isn't it because you've you're thinking well I'm well now I'm good yeah you know the minute you get ill don't you everything every time you've been healthy you've taken it for granted yeah, yeah. so I guess Absolutely. you thought this I've had this surgery I'm well now mm. yes yeah, so I'm gonna then I'm yeah. buggered off traveling for three yeah. years I was, just gonna say, I was just gonna say so what did you go and do that was like a mad yeah. mad thing because you yeah. know it's yeah. cliche it wasn't life-changing is that is that when you have those moments we do always me and my boyfriend, again, he worked in travel um, and I'd only Perk. ever been abroad once. Perk. I'd only ever been abroad once mm. until I met him uh, again because, you know, growing up, it's not what we had. We didn't have the money to do it. Um, and I'm telling Lara that I'd probably been abroad twice, perhaps. Um, anyway, so I met him and we had a couple of amazing holidays. We went to Mexico, um, which was my dream place to, yeah. to go and everything. And I was like, oh God, there's a whole big world out there. So I started saving up, got a second job mm. so I could earn more money. So I worked in a pub at night as well yeah. as having my day job. And then the heart thing happened uh, and we'd saved up a few grand by then. So it was like, right, what do we do with this money? Like, let's let's go on and live. Um, so yeah, off we went for, uh, went for a year, uh, stayed away for three, yeah. just kept yeah, extending on, yeah. visas and going to different mm. places. Where was your favourite? Vietnam. Really? Mm. Yeah, I think I have. I think everybody, if you say Vietnam, everybody will have a perception of what it's like. And actually, it's the most beautiful place on earth, apart from Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people yeah, yeah. are the friendliest people on earth, apart from people from Berlin. Yeah. Um, but they, it's just totally different to how I perceived it. And we did all these little tours with um, like some of the old... Um, 
veterans mm. uh, paid them to take us out on the bikes and didn't see other tourists, like wow. really went into the back of beyond. Off the road, yeah. Yeah, went to this house where I remember this guy had a key around his neck. His floor was mud and he had a key around his neck. And you look around and think, what on earth has he got in a safe? And I gave him a banana. He'd never seen a banana before. Wow. Gave him a banana. So he took his key off around his neck and opened his safe and it had rice wine in it. That was his oh. like most treasured possession. I tell you what, we had two shots of that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember much of the rest of the day. My goodness me. Yeah, I'm surprised we survived it. Oh, NGC think, trip to Vietnam. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because I think what you're describing there is sometimes you just need and me and Lauren talk about this a lot sometimes you need to just step out of your life for a bit mm. do something really different and come back and recalibrate and we talk about we talk about taking a sabbatical from life and sometimes you know you just need to just stop what you're doing have a break from routine go traveling do something completely different to reevaluate and recalibrate and that sounds like yeah. exactly what you did yeah yeah I really struggle with that I'm a mum and I've got I've got a three-year-old and 18 month old so post lockdown, I'd had these kids at home during lockdown. How do you lockdown. look so well? And, you know, <laughs> I don't really know how I'm here, so I'm straight. I'm not going to lie. Like this could all go terribly wrong any second. But we we do joke about the sabbatical yeah, all the time sabbatical because life. the minute I had my beautiful babies and I'm obsessed with them, I just want to sniff them and inhale them and love them forever. At the same time, the thought of just going away for six months and just living and mm. I grieved that I yeah, could never yeah. do that again. And like... If you're listening and you can and you've got that freedom mm. and you're feeling a bit stuck, go and do go something, and do it. shake it up. Yeah. But then it's really hard because it's interesting. Me and Lauren are complete opposites. Mm. I'm single and I don't have kids and I do have the opportunity to do things like that, but I still won't because that's oh a God, huge go. step for me. And secretly- <laughs> no, but you did, you did. You have. Oh, well, yeah, so I did. So one of my all-time goals that I want to do, and this sounds so pathetic in comparison to what you did, I wanted to go on holiday just completely on my own completely on my own I didn't want to speak to anyone <laughs> do you know I just wanted to be want just that. left alone and that's what I did so I went on holiday to Turkey I went to a private beach resort I took a book I didn't speak to anyone yeah and but I even, guess you need to put that into context because it's, it's not pathetic so without telling your whole life story no not no, no but like it's been COVID. You've had a really, really tough job. You've done your house all yourself. You've been yeah. through a lot. So actually, I deserve to go away and have a bit of an R&R &R yeah, time. Like even, even that for me, even five days, just away on my own in a different environment, really helped with perspective on things like, right, what do I want to do with my house next? What do I want to do career-wise? And I've come back having made a lot of decisions just from five days. So it's that power of that headspace. And it's so important that you get mm -hmm. stuck in the routine of life that a break is so invaluable, isn't it? But yeah. we're just not always lucky to have that. Oh, I just can't imagine, like the thought of being in Turkey for five days on my own sounds like bliss. It was bliss, I cannot <gasps> lie, it was. <laughs> I think like you said, if people are listening, they've got the opportunity, I'd say stop watching it on TikTok and just go yeah, and yeah. do it. Go and do something. Yeah. Stop living, like, yeah. you know, start Back living, stop though. just watching crap. Yeah. Oh, it's bad, Be it? present. Well, obviously we're in the classroom, we're front facing with this and it's just, in, it's just, you can't, it's uncontrollable. Mm. Mm. Um, I was teaching actually uh, the dangers of social media. This is always a fun lesson. <laughs> it's like trialing how many hours they're on the phones and stuff. Um, so I told them to leave the screen time on. Uh, I had them on Monday, so it's Wednesday today. And I had them again today. And one guy's had 17 hours of screen time since I saw him on Monday. Wow. 17 I'm hours. I'm not even surprised at that. I'm really not. So I asked him and I said, come on then, let's talk about this. Like, when are you on this? So he's on his phone from the minute he goes home from school. His parents don't take his phone off him at night. That's up to them, you know, whatever. But what are you consuming in that time when you could be reading, watching, learning, going for a walk, spending mm. some time with your parents? Mm. You know, it, it, that's that's the extent of what... It's 
not mm. going anywhere. It's only no. going to get worse. Uh, but you saw that. So if you listen to this, hopefully you're not on your phone. <laughs> Go for a walk while you listen <laughs> to it. Get out in the real around. world. Do, Do something, something yeah. please. Uh, right. So you've been traveling. Mm-hmm. You come home. Yeah. Obviously, you're still with your boyfriend. Because yes. you got married at some point. If Where you did can... we start working? And Yeah. If you can live with somebody in a camper van for nine months, <laughs> oh, you can Christ. do anything with yeah. them. My God. Um, yeah. So I came back and that's when I thought I want to do something with people and because I'd done the investors in people stuff I so was what like, does oh. that mean sorry just to go back what does that mean the investors in people investing stuff? people so it's about proving that your organization invests in its people and yeah. it actually gives about them basically yeah. so you've got to look at things like god it's well it's a long time since I've looked at the framework I imagine it's not changed too much but things like, like how you train them what you do to develop them what you do to get their opinions just to make sure that mm. you're not ticking a box and there you you're go. actually doing and stuff and what you're doing there is quietly accumulating everything you're making money on now mm. and I bet you didn't even know at the time no I didn't know who knew who who honestly if you'd have said to me at any point even you know six years ago you'll have your own business one day I would have said oh bugger off is yeah. it no way you know so yeah so I ended ended up getting a job in Burnley uh, for a care company, domiciliary care company, about 100 staff doing their doing their HR. And we actually used a HR outsourced company. So anytime we had a disciplinary or a grievance or anything like that, I'd be on the phone going, how do I do this? How do I do that? And then I went to uni at that point then as well. So a bit like the apprenticeship, I did a day release where I did my CRPD. So that's the Chartered Institute of Personal Development. That's like who governs HR professionals. A lot of qualifications involved in this, isn't there? Like mm. like that, like documentation, certification, mm. there seems to be a lot. Mm. I never realised it was mm. something that you have to actively pursue that way. Yeah, so the weird thing about HR is we're not governed like a, like a lawyer is, mm. but if you want to be worth your salt, you go and get CRPD Well, yeah, because I'm going to have to touch on this because when I hear HR, so I'm in teaching... I've worked in private academies. I've worked in state schools. And obviously it's different depending on where you are. Most of the schools that I've worked in, we don't have HR. No, that's an alien term for us. It I was look- literally just going to say in its basic sense yeah. for people that are not familiar with Which the umbrella of HR, what does it mean? Yeah, okay. They probably outsource it. Well, they a- do. Yeah. And they do. And, and, and it, that's therein lies some of the problems because teaching, although it's a wonderful vocation and Sasha and I inherently love it loads and loads, in terms of it as a profession, it's got its problems mm. we have no one to advocate really for us as staff we've got unions but that's messy in itself that can raise issues in work if you have to contact them that kind of thing but my husband works in the private sector and he has to deal with hr and he comes on with like hr headaches mm-hmm. um so the only real access, so the negative yeah he'll come it's like oh god like hr are making me do this or i've got to do and i'm like what yeah yeah so can you give us an why where is this perception coming from and, and what is it and how true is it in relation to that perception yeah so i think some of it's really justified so if i think about my career certain jobs that i've had if i walked in anywhere everyone would be like oh shit it's HR. Yeah, I love like, that. See, so I'd, I'd get a badge. It's the equivalent of Austin Frost. I'd get a badge. It's like, it's HR. It's her, like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. Because I have worked in organisations that only sent HR in for the bad stuff. So I was either walking in to discipline somebody, to make somebody redundant. It was always like a negative So is that what people thing? were doing? Was, they, they couldn't handle that themselves. So they were getting someone to be the bad guy for them. And there's loads of legislation as well. Yeah. So employees have a lot of rights. So to make sure that you don't mm. breach those rights, you need to get a HR professional to come and make sure that you're doing things properly so i.e if you go through a redundancy process there's a certain way to do it if you're going to discipline somebody there's a certain procedure yeah, that you can appeal or, that kind of thing yeah, yeah. so so we get in, in involved with stuff like that because 
somebody who isn't qualified could get it wrong and then end up in a tribunal and cost mm. their employer right. tens of thousands sense. of pounds. Right. So I'm a business owner. I don't use HR. So what I could do is phone you up and say, I need some HR advice. And then we would work together on something or I might outsource my HR to you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so how it works. In context, our smallest client has two staff. Yeah. And our biggest client has 1,800 staff. Yeah. And we look after all the ones in between as well. So employees have rights before they even start working for you. So during that recruitment process, they've got rights, you know. And from day one, they've got to have a written contract of employment. So if you aren't doing that and you're listening, oh my God, please pick up the phone and get in touch and with it, us because you're breaking kind of, the law. But you're so right. And but then that kind of stuff is what's really over-facing for small business owners, for entrepreneurs who want to take a leap of faith mm-hmm. into business. I know when I first started out in business, that was the stuff that terrified me because I can't hire someone. I can't pay holiday pay. I can't interview. I have no idea how to do any of that. And then when you start looking online at what the employment law says, you read it, it means next to nothing. Half of it's in Latin. And then you just think, no, and that fear factor goes off in your head and it puts you off. It does, what yeah. Would you, what would you say to someone who's, you know, there might be a woman out there listening who thinks, actually, yeah, I want to run a business, but that just makes me want to cry. Yeah, um, what I would say is that it's not, it's, well, it probably is scary for, for other people. Like doing accounts is scary for me because I don't get the numbers. You know, I yeah. am, I'm dyslexic as well and that's the bit that okay. I really, really struggle with. Um, but to us, it's not scary. So you outsource what you're not good at. So I outsource my numbers to an accountant who was amazing and they take that headache away from me and I don't have to worry about it. And yes, it costs me money, but it's actually not that expensive. And it's the same with HR. If you think, oh my God, just ring us. Like, you, you know, we don't charge people for ringing us and having a conversation and asking well, them Well, that's how you build question. your client base, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And people say to us, oh God, that costs less than I actually thought it would do, you know? Um, so just don't be scared of picking up the picking up the phone hopefully yeah. after you've listened to this you'll I am normal <laughs> I'm pretty friendly this, I'm is so refreshing. this is so refreshing yeah. to hear because we're navigating this whole world of NGC and it's going from one strength to the next and we find ourselves in situations where we have no idea of the answers to the questions in my business as well sometimes I'll ring up and I'll need to inquire about something that I don't really know what I'm inquiring mm. but I know I need it and I'll get asked what's your budget I have no idea. I have yeah, apps, so yeah, I have no yeah. reference point. Mm. And I find that's where us as a demographic, we've fallen off the radar a little bit because we've got an idea, we've got a concept, but I don't know how to get that off the ground. Mm. So mm. I think that's also, that's just it in real life as well. And I think there's so many times where you need guidance and advice. So the equivalent would be, for example, when I bought my house, I bought it on my own. And me speaking to a mortgage advisor, they were talking to me in another language. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people take it for granted when you're a novice and you've got no understanding of of business or HR and you need help from someone, that's so terrifying and it's so intimidating. Mm -hmm. So you need somebody like yourself who's just down to earth and approachable who will say it as it is. Because I think lots of people are too intimidated and feel too uninformed to reach out and get help about these subjects that they don't know anything about. And they so many instances of that that we come across so even where we've got like boring legal because you've got to have it like your contracts and your handbooks and stuff like that we write them in what I would call like a human form so like you would want to get it Mm. then you're not going what the hell does that mean in my contract and if we're having to write letters to employees even to invite people to like the horrible Mm. stuff disciplinaries and stuff like that we write it like you would want to receive it because 
makes sense then to everybody. You not have people going, God, what does yeah. this mean? You know, it's you just need to normalise it. Yeah, it's got to have certain things in there, but it doesn't have to say thou shalt not do this and quote section 27.4 yeah. of the Employment Rights Act. And that's going, right back to, that's going right back to what you said about you wanted to work with people. Yeah. And you yeah. obviously kept that at the heart of what you're doing. Because yeah, yeah. even though you are disciplining someone or sacking someone or God knows what else, they're still people. Yeah, and what's the fun stuff of HR? I was just going to say, what's the nice and one of the ways that we differ from a lot of other HR outsourcing companies on the market, they will just be there when something reactive happens. Yeah, so if you've got a disciplinary or a grievance absence issue or whatever, we do proper HR. So that's not HR, that's compliance. That's what the law says you've yeah. got to do. Proper HR is when you putting your best foot forward. You want to be best in class. You want to have a, an amazing team. You want to smash the competition because mm. you really look after your people. So that's what we do with our clients. So we help them. At the point they've offered somebody a job, we'll talk to them about how they onboard them, what they do for their induction, what they do for succession planning, reward, so recognition, teaching, engagement. Absolutely. Skilling coaching, absolutely. teaching, leading. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where they want to. Don't get me wrong. We have some clients who are just like, look, just let us get on with the zone thing. No, we just want you, whatever. Mm. But... For our clients, you know, I've said before, and I kind of hate saying it a little bit, we've won loads of awards, mm. and so have our clients, and they're the kind of people we want to work with. We want to yeah. work with clients that give a shit about their people, because mm. we do. I always mm. say, they cut, we bleed, because mm. that's the kind of relationship that we build with them. So we don't just want to be there for the bad stuff with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You want we'll to be, be there, we'll hold your hand. grow as they do. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and they will, because they've got a whole new skill set, a whole new way of understanding people. Their colleagues will feel supported because mm -hmm. of the guy that you're passing on yeah, to them. Yeah, you're empowering yeah. exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. We lost a client three months ago um, and it's one of the best examples I can give. We don't lose clients. Five years, I think we've lost four, some of them, most of them during the pandemic. But this one that we lost phoned us up like, Lisa, we're absolutely gutted. We're going to give you notice. I'm like, all right, okay. We've been bought, multi-million pound company. Can't help you enough. You know, can't thank you enough with everything that you've done. When they went in to do the due diligence, they even commented on how good all the HR mm. provision were. But they've gone to this massive organisation that have internal HR. They did us the most amazing testimonial, said if we ever need a reference, they'll wow. speak to anybody. Mm. What a success story yeah, that, that we've oh, played a small yeah. part yeah. in them then going on to yeah. be bought by this multi-million pound yeah. company. They're the kind of people that's, we yeah. And that's with. someone Volumes. who's leaving that still speaks so positively. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You must be so made up with that. That's really amazing. proud. It's yeah. really weird. How can you be proud about the fact that you've lost a client? Yeah, but but, yeah. but, you, but you've grown a client yeah, exactly. to the point where that's what's happened. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So let's go back to how you even got into doing this as a self-employed, you know, as mm -hmm. a, well, as running a business. A business, yeah. So where did that happen and how did that come about? Okay, so I had various different jobs throughout my, throughout my career. And then um, in 2010... Um, I got a job with a big corporate, loved it. I was there nearly eight years, absolutely loved it. Um, worked in loads of different HR jobs, kept getting promoted, traveled up and down the country, was so committed to my job, really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and then in 2017, we got a new managing director. So this was a very male dominated industry mm. and we got a new managing director and it was a woman, right? Yeah. And I was well excited. I was like, she'll get it. And as a HR professional who we had the reputation of being the grim reapers in mm. this organization, because we always did the nasty stuff. Um, I was dead excited. I was like, she'll get it. She'll mm. have empathy. So um, went up and down the country. I was working on a big project at the time with the ops director and we we're up and down the country doing loads of good stuff. 
went and presented in the January, presented what we'd done to her and uh, we were getting great feedback and, uh, and presented for about an hour. And she closed it with, why are you telling people, uh, why are you asking people for their opinion? We'll tell them what to do. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. And then over the next six months, there was loads of, of, of other stuff. And I came home one day and cried. Uh, and I'm a typical northern odd bird. Like, I don't do crying. I don't get emotional and stuff like but that. But we do. And it gets to us you all, care and you're passionate. It, it, that's the reason I cared too much. Mm. And I just said to my husband, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be part of that environment anymore. It's not who it's not I your am. Values. And it's isn't not about it, people it, anymore. It's not about, and isn't it sometimes women working with other women? Mm. It, it can be. I didn't even work closely with her, thank goodness. It, it, I, it and just I loved changed my the boss. whole ethos of I yeah. absolutely loved my boss. My boss was a lady called Tracy. I loved her. We got on like a house on fire. But, things changed. but it wasn't enough. Mm. It wasn't enough. Um, so I quit. I had to give three months notice. Can I just ask you, did you just quit? Did you quit with a plan? Did I, and I asked this from a personal perspective because I have irons in the fire I have ideas I have things going on and I'm quite honest and open about this but I teach mm -hmm. and I love to teach teaching is safe for me I've got kids mm -hmm. you know I've got mm -hmm. a, a regular income but I have this flicker and I know I'm good at other things and I've got this business that seems to be growing but I just wake up every day and I think did Lisa just quit or Joey, we just spoke to did, did she just yeah how do people do that the she leap? did just i did just quit wow yeah, yeah so oh, I'd, no. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, i thought there was more to that. that's no, the answer I'd, just quit I'd, there I'd, you go I'd, I'd said to my boss i'd always said to tracy you'll always know when i'm when i'm gonna leave and mm. we'd been having conversations for a couple of months about the fact that i was unhappy and how long had you been there at this point seven and a bit years okay yeah and how long was the decline period where you started six months six months six yeah. months yeah and it wasn't just me you know we were quite a big hr team two other people left at the same time that doesn't happen in HR you don't get that many people leaving at the same time um and I went down to London she was she was based in London I went down to London to do an appeal for one of our other businesses that we had down there and that and I had my resignation letter in my bag and I walked into her office and she said before I said anything mm. she said you're resigning today aren't yeah. you she knew because well, that's the relationship yeah. we had I said mm -hmm. I'd never want it to come as a surprise and I said yeah I am she was out crying and we had a hug and I was like, I'm really, really sorry, but I can't do this anymore. Mm. And she said, have you got another job? And I said, no. She said, what are you wow. going to do? And I said, I don't know. I just know I can't do this yeah. anymore. And that was that. So I had three months and people, so people were like, oh, you've they did not, yeah, quit yeah. your job. Yeah. I, I was paid really well. I had a bonus. I had a car. And again, I go back to everything the story that you about told being motivated yeah. by everything money. Everything you wanted as a Everything kid, I wanted, yeah. I had. I had. Um, but yeah, so yeah, quit, no job to go to. And I thought, it's fine. I'll get another job. I'll have to go into Manchester to get the salary and the bonus Course, and everything. Yeah. But that's fine. Um, anyway, then people kept saying to me, oh my God, you're like best HR person we've ever met. You get it. You should set up on your own. I bet there's a market out there for businesses. And because I'd worked for a HR outsource provider, I thought, well, I know there's a market because we used to have like 10,000 clients in this business that I worked in. And I liked what they did, but there was always that missing piece for me. So when I talk about the reward, the recognition, the nice bit of HR, I thought, well, maybe there's a market to do the compliance and that bit together. So I didn't really know. I didn't have a clue. And I thought, 
if I can just like earn half of what I used to, work 30 hours a week, start picking up my little girl. Yeah. So Naomi was three just at the time. Completely redefine what I thought yeah. I wanted to what yeah. is going to work for me now. Yeah. So I was married to my job, not my family. Yeah. Like I would literally, honestly, it's one of my biggest regrets when I look back is that I worked a gazillion hours. Yeah. So I would finish work. If I was in Blackburn, we were based in Blackburn. If I was in Blackburn, I always made a point of going to pick her up from nursery at six o'clock. But I would literally get home rush food down her, mm. rush her to bed mm. so that I could get my laptop out and work till 11 o'clock mm. at night. What kind of a life is no. that when I and look there's, back? There's so much to be said for that. And I think people that, that, that that's are That's going on age, everywhere. It is. And I think that that's something that we try and explain to the kids all the time at school because when they think about, when we talk about the, to the kids what their aspirations are, it's things like, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be an influencer. Footballer. I want to be a TikToker. And they define success by having things. things and I try yeah. and explain, it's something that you only learn as you get older, that your money and your job is not everything. Yeah. And it's a real struggle. And I think even... Lauren, you with your kids and you with your career, you're living that and you're breathing that right now. You're torn constantly. Yeah, and I think the older that you get, you've got to make those decisions. Is it career? Is it kids? Is it family? And it's so, so difficult, but to hear someone who, who has come through the other end of it, what's your experience? Are you happier now? Oh my Doing God, what you do? I would not change my life for the world. And I'm a massive advocate now with my team. I always say to my team, my team don't work nine to five. They work around the kids. What suits them? They, they work, yeah, as long as I never get one of their clients ringing up saying I can't get older such a body. Mm, I trust them, yeah. they're adults, they're professionals. Don't get me wrong, one day someone will probably join our oh, team. Sorry, Lisa, I'm really, we're just laughing because you see these this really expensively <laughs> authentic set that we've got set up. This happened last time. So these beautiful paintings on the back, we made a part of an event. They're amazing. These hundreds of marks are all made by different northern women uh, we're going to discuss this on a different episode i did blue tack them to the wall Sasha, obviously not well <laughs> finally blue tack them to the wall so if you just heard a little yeah. crackle what that is, that's, is, that's um, is. this beautiful yeah. heart so whoever's canvas that is looks more authentic now here it clatters <laughs> to the floor and you need uh, it for dramatic it was effect. a bit too uniform uh, but you um, are you so are yeah, happier looking, now so yeah looking back um yeah so i yeah and i'm like that with my team so Kid picking your kids up from mm. school, taking it, getting your hair done at two o'clock on a Tuesday. Mm. Like, I really don't Imagine. care. Imagine. As long as you get your job done. Imagine, because we have PPA time at school. And it's, you're not allowed to leave. You're not, no, and to do personal things. And I get that, but you just think, God. Even though it's called personal protective. But trying protective to adult term. and trying to organise your life outside of nine to five is impossible. impossible. Trying to Presenteism do things like, is We can yeah. only go to a bloody dentist appointment in the six weeks holidays. Mm. We use our holidays as maintenance time yeah. to go to the dentist to do all those things that you haven't been well, able to do. We really want to do is go on a sabbatical. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But so you've got this booming business, you're mm -hmm. winning awards, mm -hmm. you're living the work-life balance, you're living the dream. Where have you got it wrong? Where have you made mistakes? You know, what along this journey, it's not just something that you just you don't just step into running a business yeah. and, and it takes off. We like to keep it real on NGC. Mm. And obviously not going into the ins and outs of, of, of whatever, but where have you thought, oh, if I were to do that differently again on my entrepreneurial, like yeah, what would yeah. it be that you would do differently? Two, two, two things that, um, that, that spring to mind. Well, three, well, yeah, two, two or three. First one is when you first set up, believe in yourself. And it's really easy for me to say now, nearly five years down the line, but I said yes to everything. Mm. Cause I was like, crap, I've gone from earning this salary. So in my first four months of business, I earned 300 quid. I was like, what the hell have I done? Oh my God, why have I done this? This right, is again, ridiculous. Team. Yeah. Um, but I, so I said yes to work that I didn't really want to do um, because I thought I needed to 
earn money and I needed to like get clients. Um, and I look back at some of the stuff I did, like, why did I do that? I really didn't enjoy doing it. So that was a mistake. Uh, but people will repeat that time and time again because it's hard not to. Um, so yeah, absolutely believe in yourself. Um, there oh, we go. there it is, Ta-da. there it is, there it goes. Oh, oh boom. Done so well, oh. I know. Do we, like, do we just carry on? Do yeah, we just, just keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen again, Lizzie. It probably so will. To be number six it. on this wall, it could worry. happen six times. Don't worry. Um, the second thing um, is get yourself some terms and conditions. So... I don't mean from an employee employer perspective. I mean, from a business perspective. So I was about a year in, um, and a lot of my business came from recommendations, people that I knew. So if people said, I want you to do this work, Lisa, um, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So then you do the work, then you send them an invoice and then they're like, oh no, I didn't agree to this. This is so true. Right. I had this today. So I got the dreaded, can I pick your brain? text slash email um yep that's fine so a lot of my phone calls I do in the car because there's no kids there screaming or throwing mashed potato at me when I'm in between (laughs) a and b um and it was can I consult you on one or two things to do with football yeah that's fine I was on the phone for an hour and a half and I imparted all my wisdom all my guidance I gave it all off the back in my head I think I've probably got another client out of this come on Mm. there's a 10% chance that will happen why do we do this yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I give loads of advice for, for free and I'll, I'll tell you in a minute about my beloved story about uh, Frank, one of my favourite stories from the pandemic. But it was, they'd like asked me to pull some contracts and stuff together, um, sent the contracts over and then there was just this big argument and it ended up just getting nasty and it didn't it didn't need to. And I was like, right, what I should have done is add some terms and conditions mm. and ask them to sign them. Mm. So that was a massive learning curve mm. from that. Uh, hasn't happened, hasn't happened since because we have terms and conditions now. So having the confidence of being up front. So that mm. situation today, when I said that, I could have easily just replied and said, well, I'm happy for a five minute chat, but if you want to book me in for an hour, here's yes. my... Yeah. I should have done that. See yeah, how professional yeah, that sounded. But, but now you know. But even that, even that as well, if they're booking in you need some terms and conditions attached so that they I know like that, that phrase and everything. Mm. Sorry, you'll have to T's and T's. T's and T's. Here are my T's, T's and T's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. But it, it, is, it is important. So that was a, that was a mm. big lesson. And then the third thing is, uh, and I still do this, but um, you take things really personally. Yeah, mm. oh my God, it's I so, cry. It is so hard not care. to do it that. It is because you care and you've got to let it go over your head. Yeah. And the more we've grown the more yeah. it happens. Yeah. Are you getting better at that? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But I think no. your, your job and our jobs are similar in that respect. It's so hard to do that because your job is literally being accountable yeah, for the welfare yeah. of other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our yeah. job is being accountable for the welfare of kids. Yeah. So to not take things personally, because it's not ever just about you, it's about your staff and mm. it's about your kids. Yeah. So it's so hard not to do it that. Is. How do you not do that? It That's is. the question. It, well, if anyone listening knows, yeah. give us all a call. Because yeah. yeah. we'd love to. I think as well part of me is like if is it if you don't take things personally have you stopped caring or have, mm. like I have rhinoceros skin working in HR mm. you have to because like I say I've been the grim reaper for, mm. for so many years and it's all oh, god that, that woman again mm. it did it but again, is it, it's work it's work mm. it's work and I and do you know what no one would ever ask a man that question. No. Does it that man no, that question? No, I just wouldn't. Ask, no one would ask yeah, a guy yeah, that, would yeah, they? Yeah, um, I think the thing is as well with that, I've always acted with integrity and mm. honesty. And if I've mm. if I've ever 
thought that a client or mm. any manager that I've worked with in the past was doing something that I didn't think uh, had respect for the individual, mm. I'd refuse to do it. Mm. So even though I might be going in to do redundancies, mm. if I know that mm. if we don't do them, the company's going to collapse or that whole mm. department's going to yeah. shut down. Mm. Yeah, I might get cold or I might have people crying and that's hard. But the reality is if we don't the do it, picture. the consequence is worse. So yeah. I do it And with, at least they're getting the fair process. It's been yeah, into the letter. Yeah. yeah. But integrity, integrity. I think, I think that, that that's one of my absolute principles that I live by, mm. integrity. Mm. And I think that's a really good guide for when you feel lost or when you can't decide what decision to make or when you can't decide you're being pulled from people above people below what do you do I think sometimes you've just got to take a step back and ask yourself integrity yeah. what is the right way What's to do right this yeah. and when you get lost in the mess of it and when you can't see the wood for the trees just stop and think actually what is the right move here yeah. in terms of what I believe in in my mm -hmm. integrity I think mm -hmm. that's really powerful way yeah where does this business fit in terms of you being like a Northern Burnley woman? Do you know what I mean? Because you're in quite a niche thing that you're going in and doing big things. I can't imagine there's other women, there's many like you around in, from towns like ours doing these big cool things. Um, there's loads of HR people out there do you know doing. There's most of them are like one yeah, but are man. they all winning awards? Like one you woman, and... one woman bands. Um, not in this area. Yeah, um, yes, you know that. we have flying the flag. But and even you know even when we've been to like you know, the the awards in Lancashire, I was saying to you when I just walked in, we're at one mm. on Friday, which we won't win because nobody ever wins it two no, years in a row because we won it last year. Yeah, she did win it last year. Yeah. We have, Don't be greedy, yeah. Lisa. I know, and that's the other thing as well. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> which, we're not applying for anything Have you got them all lined up in your house on a shelf? Have you got like, the awards cabinet? Honestly. There is a story to that though. So I lost my dad last year, really close to my dad. Like, honestly, really, really close to my dad. And when he was taken poorly, um, he wanted to die at home. So we brought him home, which meant we had to move a lot of furniture out of the way because they live in the same house I grew up in. Tiny little really? two bears, two, uh, two up, two down in Nelson. Ter tiny little terraced house, probably worth about 2p. And um, we had to move loads of furniture out of the way because the house was so small to get the hospital bed in. Mm. And one of the things was this. I used to call it the dust collector cabinet. We've all got it's just one. like the glass yeah. cabinet that had all mum and dad's glasses in. Mm you know, just in case anyone Bits ever came around yeah. and they never did. The posh plates. Yeah, but they'd only get a glass of water anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so when, after my dad passed and they took everything away, we went to move this cabinet back and my mum said, I don't want that anymore. And we'd won, by this point, we'd won a couple of awards just during that, during that period. We had all these certificates and everything. And, uh, I can't remember whether my mum said it or I said it, but I was just like, do you know what? That'd make a good trophy cabinet because it's totally nice. So I like it because I've like got a bit of my dad at yeah. work. Lisa, if that, makes that is sense. Yeah. That's it's so a significant, significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you're so proud as well. Well, I was just going to yeah. touch on that. Like, but to take something from your childhood home that would have cost your mum and dad money when yeah. they didn't mm -hmm. have a lot. Mm -hmm. And for you to put that in your family home that yeah. you... Yeah. It's in my office at work. Well, if, yeah, even yeah, that, yeah. to have yeah. it in your office, yeah. in your business, that must be such office. a drive. what it represents, Yeah, and it? you've put your awards yeah. in. He must be, even now, beaming down on yeah. down I'm gutted he didn't get to... He knew about one of them. So whilst he was poorly, um, I won a HR Hero Award that, bless her, Claire went to pick up for me. So, and she sent me a photo, so I showed him that. Mm. So he knew about that one, but he didn't find out about any of the others. And it's just such a shame that yeah. he didn't, because he would have been, he would have been proud. And if but. you don't mind me asking how much, you know, grieving, oh, let's not, that's a whole different episode, mm. isn't it? But when you were ready to come back to work, how different have you been? Have you been more motivated? 
No. See, it was a year on the 4th of September and I'm still, I'm still not right, but grief's different for everybody, mm. isn't it? You know, I'm blessed that I've got such an amazing team at work. I had about four weeks off because um, it took two weeks from when he died for the funeral because, for the, again, being Burnley through and through, Burnley Creme is having some work done, so it was reduced service. So we could go to Skipton in a week Ugh. or wait for Burnley. Mm. I said, there's no way my dad would be wanting to go Skipton. No, because no, <laughs> he's going to Burnley. He'd have been in trouble. He'd have been I was yeah. like, no, he's got to go to Burnley. So we had to we had to wait a bit uh, a bit longer. And then after that, I was I was in a downward spiral for, for quite a while. Um, As to be expected. Food and drink became a big comfort thing. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. I was eating too much drink too much so I'm still carrying what I call my grief stone you know yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah and it still it still impacts me now because it was my birthday then my mum's birthday mm. then it's Christmas then it's Father's Day then it's his birthday and you don't realise how much crap there is around for Father's Day mm. until you don't have a dad yeah, anymore until it's in your face because I was so close to my dad and even like going to buy my husband a birthday card from my daughter to daddy yeah. stood crying in Tesco because I'm like I'll never have food. to buy that yeah. card from me again mm. so yeah it was really tough and still is I'm not I'm not gonna lie um but grief is different for everybody and mm. I think it you know we need to talk about stuff like this more about feeling down and feeling crap and mm. I've been really honest with my team at work because again I feel as a leader if I'm not and if I don't show mm. that I'm vulnerable they'll How never feel they? comfortable mm. coming to tell me mm. that they're feeling down mm. and rubbish and, and, and it it's should not just authentic. be normal nobody has perfect days no. I think what you've said there, I think is spot on, especially in schools and businesses. It's okay to say this isn't working. Morale is low. People are feeling down. And I think some companies and some organisations just paper over that and everybody's fine yeah. and we're all okay yeah. until it absolutely crumbles. And especially in the world of social media, you know, you can be a successful businesswoman, you can be a, a founding member, you can be an entrepreneur, but you can be a human yeah. being. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You know, like... We know you better now as a result mm. of this podcast. Our listeners will know you better now as a result of this podcast. Mm. And they'll probably go, oh my God, well, if you know, I've been through that or mm. I'm going to go through that, but I can still mm. run a business. I can mm. still be a mum. Yeah, you might have days where you mm. and that you say, actually, today it's not working. I mm. need to leave. And you've got yeah, a team yeah. that you can mm. hand it over to, but... Mm. It, it's happening it's out there isn't it I think that's the thing as well like don't be scared to ask for help you know mm. um, I, I, if you're on your own if you're in a business with your team or what, whatever especially around here like we're all so bloody friendly like, no, yeah. one's, no one's gonna say I'm no. not I'm not helping you they'll be like of course what do you mm. need you know I have never asked someone for help and they've said no mm. no you know and, and, and I think that you're right that that is a northern thing and I think about when my, my street and my childhood so my mum dad have lived in the same house for 30 years my best friend is someone that born same time as me lived on the same street as me I've known her for 30 years and I know everyone on that street and all of my neighbours raised all of the kids in different houses together. So it's like, right, so-and-so's doing the school run today. You're going with Auntie Joy. Auntie, that's not your auntie, but you call her your auntie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, if it wasn't for every, My mum's got four kids. If it wasn't for the neighbours on that street, she would have had a way harder time mm. than what she did already. Mm. And that's such northern culture that yeah. everybody yeah. looks after everybody, even when you don't have a lot to do they'll, in the first They'll pick place. up where you left off. Yeah. Or like, yeah. They see it in your eyes. Like, yeah, I just I just mm. need someone to pick up mm. here so I can... Probably the, like, the support my mum's had from her neighbours. Mm. You know, she still lives in Nelson, so it's half an hour away, which mm. I know is not far. No, but it's still... But I can't be popping around like every day because mm. I've got a business, two mm. businesses and my own family, you know. Mm. So it's nice that she's got that. Mm. 
good northern support. Yeah. But we have to ask Lisa, please tell us the Frank story. Yes, oh, you proudest moment. Please yes, tell yeah, us. I'll tell you the Frank story. I, I, I talk about this um, in, I think this is probably why we've won a, f a few awards because people always remember the Frank story. So we'll all remember when we first got locked down in March 2020. Yeah. yeah. So there was me and Claire at the time in Cube. There was only two of us. There's six of us now, but there was two of us at the time. And... We were getting battered on the phones, like people that were our clients, people that weren't our clients, like, what do we do? Like, we can't go out and work. What do I do with my staff? So look, if you've got layoff clauses, whatever, all this stuff, people needing to make people redundant. So this chap brings me up, Frank, he's a plumber. Hey up, love. I've been giving you number. Um, I've got eight lads working for me. I'm going to be honest, love. I'm not right good with money. We live hand to mouth every week, you know, but I always make sure that lads get paid. What do I do with them? Like, I've no, I've no money to pay them. There's no work. We're not allowed to go in houses. We're going to have to let them go, but I want to make sure I do it right, you know. <laughs> so I said, right, Frank, we need to make them redundant. So I talked him through the redundancy process, what he needed to do at each stage, helped him with letters and everything. So they did it all legally so they wouldn't get sued. And uh, he said, right, love, right, at the end of it, so over a couple of weeks, he was like, right, uh, what do I owe you, love? I said, you don't owe me anything, Frank. That's that's on me. Because I was watching the telly and there's all these men and women going out to work in their hazmat suits, mm. leaving the families at home yeah. for three weeks at a time because that's the, we, we, we didn't know what was going to happen mm. with it and stuff, did we? And I just thought, I felt useless. Like, what can we do? What can I do? What What's skills, my bit? What yeah. skills have I got that can help? So then, so yes, we helped Frank. We did that with 60 more businesses, wow. over 60 more businesses. Oh my God, Lisa. Yeah. But then the good thing about Frank was, um, bless him, he uh, then Rishi, they wheeled Rishi out. I bet you got a plumber for they? life there though now. They wheeled Rishi out, furlough. Like, oh crap, right, right. Frank, bring yeah. him back. Yeah. Bring him back. You can imagine so him Frank, like, yeah. Yeah. Bring him back. Bring him back. Bring him back. Bring him um, so yeah, so we brought all his lads back, oh, amazing. put them on furlough, yeah. hel helped him through all that as well. And still, yes, yeah, so there were no bills. You literally yeah. probably saved his And how's he doing now, Frank? Do, do you know? Do you stay in touch with him? Well, I haven't heard from him no. for a bit. Well, that's life, a good thing though, yeah. Life gets busy again, yeah. doesn't it? Life gets busy again. But, you know, just took great pride that we, we watched a lot of our competitors do coronavirus specials mm. and um you know deals and it's only this much or and I was just like made me feel a bit sick like you're trying to profit capitalizing on trauma not me and it's weird because I did have pangs at first of oh my god we probably could have made a lot of money from this and then straight away my moral compass came yeah. in and went but that's not who you are it's no. not who you are it's never who you've been and I don't want to be the biggest company I want to be the best exactly mm. and I want the reputation for being the company that actually cares yeah. so there, yeah that's my Frank yeah. story yeah. so nice I love Frank yeah I never get up with yeah, we want to meet Frank I can fully imagine what he looks like I've never met Frank actually yeah, but I can visualise him in my head he's wearing a flat cap he's wearing blue overalls he's got a great beard I That's know, Frank. I know. I was doing a, I was doing a, well, a, a presentation for one of the awards, and I talked about the Frank story because one of the questions was, "What have you done to help the community?" Frank. During, and, and my slide is actually what you've just <laughs> pictured. <laughs> Honestly, it's this guy with a plunger in his yeah. overalls with a flat cap. <laughs> so before we finish. Mm -hmm. What next? Like, are you are you where you want to be? Are you going to keep growing? Are you happy? Like, you've got your family, you've got your home. You know, you've, you. Is it more, 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 or is it, no, I'm good for now? So 
my philosophy has always been the same and I don't think it will ever change is um, work-life balance is massively important to me and I won't ever give that up for anything else. I'm not motivated by money anymore. I'm not. Um, And I think the thing for, for Cube, the business by accident grew by accident because I've never gone out hunting for work. We don't have sales. We don't have marketing. We don't have anything like that. We don't spend any money on it. It's just six HR people doing doing what, doing what they do. Um, the work comes to us. And it, every time I take it, like I took Claire on and then I took Stuart on and then I took another Claire on. And every time it's like, all right, we'll just stay like this because this is nice mm. and we all get on. And then the work keeps coming. So mm. what do you do? Do you start saying no or do you risk it and carry on growing and growing? So that's what we'll do. So there's no aggressive growth strategy. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, this time next year, we'll be millionaires. You're just going with it. We're just going with yeah. it. And I've always said that. There's no three-year plan. There's no, you know, numbers to hit or anything like that. There's come to work, do a bloody good mm. job, See make sure our clients are happy and go home. Yeah, and if it carries on coming, we'll employ another person, another person. That's, that's yeah. amazing. And the software business, you know, we, we did yeah, a soft so launch of yeah. that. We did a soft launch with that in January. Um, as with all tech stuff, we've had a couple of teething problems, which is why, you know, we've only really rolled it out to Cube clients because we know them well, so they can tell and us, you can, like, can you just do better. this? Can you just do this? We've just done a massive update now. Um, so we'll start pushing that out to, to bigger networks. Um, and yeah, that'll just take the hassle out of managing documents, Headache. people, holidays, all that boring stuff. People who are using spreadsheets, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, oh, get imagine. on HRX. It's simple. Yeah. It's easy. It's nice. Um, so yeah, that'll just go on its own little see where that goes. little path as well. But I will not um, compromise on work-life balance. Yeah. Oh, see, I respect that. That's yeah. cool. That's I'm aiming for that. I'm <laughs> aiming for that. Now, we always ask a daft question before we finish. Okay. It's quite late, so I imagine it's had. But what have you had or what are you going to have for your tea? What if I had for me too? Yeah. Because I've already, already had it. A Joe Wicks recipe. Oh, yeah, we knew, I, knew, I knew it'd be classic. Yeah. And just when you walked in, I thought Lauren's it's going to be... Lauren's had a McDonald's. I'm, tra- no, really <laughs> I'm trying to lose my grief stone. So I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. So it's like, a, well, it's it's meant to be chicken in mushroom pie, but I don't can't stand mushrooms. I changed it for leeks. Just Ooh. like with a phyllo pastry on top. I've made that new, recipe. Well, I made it. Uh, bollocks. Uh, no, I will show you photos of it on my phone. Fo- it's cook. well She's good. jealous. Oh, it's easy. It's uh, so easy. Chicken, leek, bacon pie with Philadelphia, low fat Philadelphia. Phyllo oh, no. on top. But for my tea, I've actually had salmon... Uh, Pesto pasta with spinach and tomato. Oh, right, whatever. You just put turkey twizzlers in oven. Yeah, do that's, that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> my daughter had sausage mash and yeah, beans. Yeah. Like, yeah. She won't <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much thank for your welcome. Thanks for having me. If anyone wants to reach out, it's Lisa Salbutz on LinkedIn. It's Cube HR for any HR related issues, that kind of thing. But thank you so so much. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank, no you. thank you. Did we do good?